Hello, everybody, and welcome to the shootout, where we debate the very hottest topics in sports. I'm Ted Wyman. I'm joined by the Derail Express and Derail. You got some stuff on your mind today. I know it, and uh, a lot of people do. A lot of people who follow the Winnipeg Jets have some stuff on their mind because nobody's very happy with how this team has started. And there's a lot of talk now that the fingers got to be pointed at the head coach. Your thoughts? Well, Ted, first of all, I'm going to say hello. And then the second thing I'm going to say is, Noel's got to go. <laughs> uh, you know, when he comes Beat around the bush a little, no? No, he uh, comes in his press conferences and he says, you know, the team wasn't ready to play. We didn't play. We didn't play. That's been for three years now. He's been saying the same thing. Now, you know, the players change, but that still stays the same. What does that say? Well, it says a lot, and I can't argue with you on that point. Claude Noel is a teaching coach. He's a patient approach kind of coach, and he hasn't been able to use that approach to make this team successful. The The management of the team made their move in the summer. They signed all these guys to long-term contracts. They went out and they acquired a few guys that they thought would make this team better, and yet it doesn't seem any different at all from last year, and it doesn't seem as good as it was two years ago, and it's pretty easy to point the finger at the coach, and he even said today that he's going to have to take accountability for it because there's just no other way around it. If he can't make this happen, if he can't make them change, well, then there has to be consequences. Well, you know, uh, I think one of the things is is you have systems and you have talent and creativity. They obviously don't have the right systems down. They still have no way to exit their zone, right, They their own zone. And uh, it seems like the creativity is being stifled. I'll give you an example. When he first came in, all his players had creativity. They did really good. Well, now you see, you know, Bogosian, you see, you know, Bufflin. They just have no creativity. It's almost like they're afraid to touch the puck. And I believe that's, that's that, you know, that goes down to the coaching. And, you know, I say dress Peluso, sit Halischuk. Peluso's played great last couple of games. Tancredi, I don't think, played bad, badly. He uh, was, you know, using the body. He fought once. You know, uh, you know, just some bad decisions, and it all points back to the coach. Well, I don't agree with you on that because I think he had to make some moves to take some people out of the lineup to get their attention. And, you know, Tangrady was one guy who got taken out because he wasn't doing enough along the boards in puck battles and helping them, you know, create cycle or anything like that. He's not going to score a bunch of points for you. He's got to do that other, other stuff. And Devin Setaguchi had to come out for the very same reason because he wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing with the puck at all, and he wasn't playing well without the puck. So, you know, I think he had to make a move to take some guys out, put other guys in, and just see what you could do. Peluso, I agree. I thought he played quite well. And on the creativity front, well, you know, you can just tell from talking to Dustin Bufflin himself that he has decided not to be a risk taker anymore and that he's all about trying to be a responsible defenseman as well as a guy who can chip in. And that certainly changes him as a defenseman. I think most people would suggest for the better. Right, but you don't get a bird clip his wings and tell him to fly. You know, there's got to be a happy medium there somewhere. But, you know, I'll give an example Halischuk has uh, been in since he's, uh, you know, he hasn't missed a game since he's been inserted in the lineup. Does nothing. I saw him being interviewed by uh, Sarah Orleski. The guy has no muscle tone. I think he's got to go to the gym, buff up a little bit. He doesn't skate well, doesn't hit, loses all the puck battles. You just said Tank Grady doesn't do enough along the boards. Halischuk is in, and well, Tank Grady's out. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, they like Halischuk because 
he can kill penalties and things like that, but you know they already have James Wright to do that, and they certainly have Michael Froelich, who could be doing that, but doesn't do it as much as often as people thought he would, given how good he was in Chicago last year, especially during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's right. been a lot of issues, there's no question, but the bottom line to me is there's there's a core here of players like Andrew Ladd, Blake Wheeler, Brian Little, Evander Kane up front who absolutely are the future and the present and everything for the Winnipeg Jets, and they're being relied on to produce. And other than Kane, nobody has produced as much as they should be producing. And this team is not generating any offensive chances. They're not getting the puck deep into the zone. They're not ever getting on the cycle. They have very little puck possession in the offensive zone, and as a result, very little sustained pressure. And if you can't figure out a way to do that, I don't know how you're ever going to start winning hockey games. Well, I think you just pointed to the coach inadvertently there, in my opinion there. so I, I don't – you know what? I, I Personally, I like Claude Noel. I think he's a pretty good coach. I think he knows hockey. I think he's a good man. There's no question about it. I think he could be successful with this hockey team. But maybe this just aren't, this isn't the right bunch of players for him. You know, maybe the, you, this patient approach isn't going to work with them. And maybe this attempt to implement the system that he wants with these particular guys just is never going to get the job done. And, uh, you know, that's very unfortunate if that's true. That being said, I don't think they're going to fire him right away. I think he's still got a little bit of, of a leash. But if they lose to Washington, go out on the road and play four divisional games and come back somewhere in the 4-10 and 10 area on the season well, then you're really going to seriously have to be thinking about doing it. Yeah, well, you know, Halischuk tied for the worst uh, plus-minus on the team, right? Hasn't even played as many games as the rest. He's a minus four. Uh, he makes, uh, I don't know, I don't know, something like 600000 700000 a year. For an extra 350 you could have Mason Raymond. Awesome penalty killer. <laughs> would go great with uh, Kane. You don't and like you know Mason what? Raymond, I, do you? What's that? You don't like Mason Raymond, do you? Uh, no, I never really heard of him before today, actually. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. And I'm glad they put Wheeler with Kane because those guys got speed to burn. But I think they should put Shifley in the middle because he's got a little bit more speed than... Uh, seems like Little is too much of a dangler. I also think that Little and Ladd are, form a good tandem. And whoever would be on their wing, I think that would be a better option. Well, they're splitting those lines up again and trying some other combinations uh, for tomorrow night's game. But, uh, you know, I, you can't go on about this forever. The Jets have to do something to change. You ask any single player in that dressing room what has to be done, and it's, we have to change. This has to change. It can't go on like this forever. Well, you just can't keep saying it before you finally do something. Claude Noel has tried a couple of things. He's changed lines. He's sat a couple of players. There's not that many more things he's going to be able to do until somebody who's higher than him starts making the decision that something has to change. Fair enough. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, Hartley and Calgary, right, they've got a team, no names, you know, lunch bucket guys. They have systems, though, and their systems are awesome. They're on the puck, right? They're buzzing all the time. You take an example uh, against Minnesota, and I can't remember the other team they played uh, against last week after, before or after Minnesota. Oh, uh, Dallas. Both games, they looked a step behind. Like, the, the tempo was way behind of what those teams were playing. And I was, like, appalled. It looked like it was a minor league team. It's, it was, wow, it was almost embarrassing. Well, you wonder if the effort is there entirely. When you watch this team, it's hard to tell if it is entirely there. But uh, 
Anyway, let's just move on a little bit to a little more talk about the National Hockey League. Did you happen to see any of these crazy goals against the goalies? You know, there was one out in Vancouver with Luongo. There's been uh, Jonathan Bernier. There's been uh, numerous goals. Uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury gave up a strange one the other day. And uh, Jonathan Quick. It's, it's just been weird. And I think this has been a weird year altogether. All You've had a bunch of players going off on stretchers. We've had a bunch of suspensions already, a bunch of strange goals. Is it all gremlins? What's going on out there? You know, things uh, tend to happen in bunches. So, you know, you just got to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll even themselves out in the end. Uh, the Bernier goal, that was a fluky goal. I think there was confusion about the icing there, which, you know, I don't want to harp on the icing thing. Everybody's harping on that. But that, you know, goes to that. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, Nicholas Lidstrom, I mean, Edler, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, yes. He should have been Detroit Red Wing. And if you notice, he, he scored the same goal that Lidstrom scored on Kluche years ago. It was from, you know, just, you know, just way over the blue line. So I don't know. That was kind of like karma coming back or something. I don't remember Lidstrom ever getting suspended, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he would angle people off, and Edler's got a little bit more physicality to uh, physicality to him, and, and I like Edler a lot, actually. Well, what do you um, think about all these sus- suspensions, though? I mean, you got guys getting carted off on stretchers all the time. Jacob Truba was not a penalty of any way. That was just an accident, and that was unfortunate, but a lot of them have been. There's been guys getting hit between the numbers all season long, and they talk about trying to get rid of fighting in the game. They can't even figure out a way to get these guys to stop injuring each other. Ted, if you take a look at, uh, if you take a look at old game film from the 70s, when guys go in the corners... They have their head up, and they're protecting themselves, right, getting ready for the hit. These guys now, uh, Sedin's among them, are the worst perpetrators of this. They see the guy coming. They turn their back, ostensibly to protect the puck, but I think they're also trying to draw a penalty. And that's kind of, you know, permeated the whole league, and everybody does that to protect the puck, try to draw a penalty. Keep your head up. The guy's coming. It's hockey. You know the guy's on you. You know, there's some times where it's a bang-bang play. You might make a mistake, but it seems to happen too much. So, you know... Yeah, it's it's a two-way street, but guys got to keep their head up. They got to be ready for the hit. I mean, it's it's hockey. It's a physical game. Body checking is part of the game. Yeah, and I've certainly heard that said before, and I think players have to be aware of that without question. But you know, I just don't like to see that, especially since it's been guys like Patrick Coletta and Max Lapierre who have long histories with this kind of issue, getting involved in it again. It's like. When are these guys ever going to learn? And, you know, I, I just don't think it to even be talking about other things like getting fighting out of the game when these guys are running around and doing things like this. It just, it's, it's just backwards both ways. Uh, anyway. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Here's, if I may just say, I totally agree with your assessment. And those two guys are two of the, my worst hated guys in the league. I think that uh, if there was no instigator, that they would be different players or they would be uh, retired by now. But I'll give you an example. The Edler hit that he got suspended for, I mean, I don't know if he was targeting the head. I've watched it. I had a PVR, and I watched the game, and I wanted to really scrutinize it. And I didn't think it was a dirty hit at all, but he got suspended, right? But uh, if you take a look, you remember uh, uh, Mike Pekka in the 90s hit Solani in the middle of the ice, right? Shoulder on shin. Solani did a somersault in the air. How many games will that have garnered? Well, those games, those hits are gone. Those hits yeah. have been taken out of the game. Scott Stevens would probably have been suspended for life because yeah. you just can't hit open ice like that anymore. And, you know, they've really, 
obviously the way they call the game is very different now. And, and I'll even put an example in that, you know, on, on the interference call that they call all the time where a player comes down and he chips it past and, and you can't even touch him if he tries to get past you. And, and obviously everybody knows you can do that now. And it's, it's kind of changed the game entirely for how defensemen defend the that game. Was a, that was Elaine Vigneault's uh, whole thing. That's how uh, his defenseman played in Vancouver for years. Yeah, I guess that's we'll blame Elaine for that rule coming in then. Circumventing <laughs> the the yeah the rules that way for sure. Well, what's your biggest surprise in the NHL season so far? I'm surprised at how bad the Flyers and the Sabers are. I watched the Canucks uh, road trip here this last swing, and I was appalled. The Flyers are a horrible team. They just it's a horrible team. Holmgren's got to go. The Sabers, wow. Maybe Darcy Regeer's got to go too. The coach, I think the coach too. The coach has no, there's, there's nothing going on. They're just playing like they're lost. It's like they're in a fog. Yeah, he's a first-year coach, of course, because they, they fired Lindy Ruff last year. So I don't know if uh, that's all that likely right away, but if he doesn't know what he's doing, uh, then then maybe that does happen. And on the other end of things, those guys are terrible. The Calgary Flames are playing pretty well. The Colorado Avalanche are, you know, <laughs> absolutely surprising everybody. And Shock of all shocks, Sidney Crosby is having a fantastic season so far and uh, well on his way, if he can just stay healthy, to one of the best offensive seasons in a very, very long time in this league. Love to see that. I really, that's great for me, great for the game, great for everybody. Yeah, and I think it would be great for the game if Sidney Crosby can play the entire season and the Olympics. I think if you're a Canadian, you sure want to see that happen. But that's the one thing. Can that happen in a league where you've got guys who don't respect the other players enough? I gotta tell you though, Pittsburgh's going nowhere with the defense that they got. They just they just don't have enough back there. There's not enough talent. So, well, you haven't changed your mind on that since the uh, preseason. So I think yeah. uh, you're, you're going to unwaver until the minute Sid is hoisting that Stanley Cup at the end of the season. <laughs> hey, how'd you like the Bombers this week? Uh did they play? They <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They actually looked not bad. Their they Canadian did. Canadian talent seems to be better too. They actually, you know, I mean, they've made some improvements, and Max Hall's had a chance to get out there and play a little bit of football, and he seems to be coming along. He's certainly taking care of the ball better, not throwing as many interceptions, and I thought he looked pretty good, but then still stupid mistakes for that team, just idiotic mistakes. They should have won that game, really. They had their chances, and they blew it because they made terrible decisions early on and they had Corey Watson drop a sure touchdown pass that would have made the difference and then at the end failing to take a timeout when they were about to take a time count violation and loss of down was extremely costly and you know again I will never reiterate this enough that Tim Burke is a nice guy and he's done his best but he can't be the coach of this team next year. Well, I believe in a previous podcast we uh, I I mentioned or we kind of both mentioned that uh, Sometimes Burke can be outcoached, right, which is, you know, points to that. And it's game management. And he sometimes, or, uh, you know, I've seen quite a few occasions where he just made the wrong decision at the wrong time. It's game management, you know. You ever see Bill Belichick? He never gets outcoached. He's always right on top of those things. Now, he's no Bill Belichick, I'll give you that. But still, I mean, you got to have instincts. I don't know. Is that yeah. what instincts would be? Yeah, I don't know. Belichick makes some mistakes, too, though. I saw a fourth down this year that was pretty crazy from his own end. So, I mean, and I've seen that a few times. He's he's a risk taker without question. But right. And sometimes when you're a risk taker, mistakes come back to bite you. Ah, just ask Dustin Bufflin about that. Anyway, I think we've uh, <laughs> taken up enough of your time here to, today, Derail. I know you 